All right, welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is. My name is Leo, and today I have Jonathan here with me. How are you? Doing great. What's up, everyone? This is Jonah. Yeah. So um, I think everybody that matters is is really here today, <laughs> right? Or, or what would you say? Yeah, yeah, you you got it right. Yeah. Um, one of our, our, our third member decided to basically send us... Um, well, well, he told us to go sc uh, screw screw yourself, basically. No, no, no. Let's, let's be honest. He said that he was going to be busy at work. And what yeah. did he do? Yeah, exactly. Um, he was telling us that he was swamped at work. He couldn't make <laughs> it. We were like, oh, come on, man. We need you. We need to record this it's podcast. It's not going to be the same without It's not going to be the same without you. And all of a sudden, uh, when we try to get a hold of him, he's just he just tells us, oh, I'm busy and sends us this picture. So that's what that's what's going on. Yeah, um, he's banned from from this house now. <laughs> well, I'm just jealous that he didn't invite us. He he actually, yeah. um, you know, for the ones just listening in, you know, that picture that that we showed is basically of, of George at a baseball game. Yeah, he's at the Padres uh, and Dodger series right now. So yeah, we're, we're jealous. Yeah, he didn't invite us. We could have been recording there. You know, a podcast that would we could have. I, I don't know cool. how they we would have gotten in because you know, well, granted that we're we're super famous by now. Yeah, yeah. One episode in, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so you know, I, I was talking to Jonathan a little bit earlier on the podcast how we're now both in a in a really stable financial situation for the both of us, and it kind of brought out the whole topic of of how we got to our goal of being a homeowner, right? And, you know, for those that maybe didn't listen to the first episode, right, we're here from Southern California, like in the San Diego area. And it's it's something kind of kind of tough to to do, in, and specifically in California, just because of, of home prices being a little bit elevated. Um, and, you know, granted that we were both, you know, professionals too. We're, we're, we both graduated with a bachelor's degree in engineering. And, well, actually, Jonathan, you have, um, what is it, your master's, right? And, right. It, it, it doesn't really uh, pay too much into um the the salary or whatever but yeah hey credit where credit is due man masters you should you... thank you he did i i just had to push that button for myself <laughs> he, did... <laughs> he, he yeah we have the soundboard here so he, he has been loving that soundboard um i i really i think you know how to use it more than me by the <laughs> way um but yeah i mean at, at this point right so we're talking about how or road to home ownership and and how we got there. So maybe maybe we should start start by saying how what what did you think was enough money back then? Like what back when you were in high school? Like how much did you think was enough to be enough? Like, enough. Not not a lot of money. Well, I would say Just... enough in my uh, you know enough for me would mean like to have a roof over your head, whether being homeowner or renting. Mm -hmm. But you know, oh, okay. a roof over your head, enough to eat, and you know, a couple of luxuries here and there. Enough. Um, probably w when I was in high school, I, I, I didn't really think much uh, about it. But if I had to say something, it must be something around fifty thousand dollars or a something year. like that. Yeah, yeah a year. Yeah. I thought something like that would be able to give get you, you know, a house and a car and just be able to live comfortably. Yeah, yeah. comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I remember we, I had a conversation with some friends of mine, really close friends, and we were, we were talking about, you know, at some point, I, I think I remember saying, I think I would be happy by just making $40,000 a year. 
And once again, this is, you know, for me, I thought, you know, I go on vacations maybe once a year, uh, at least, you know, in high school, I would think like a perfect you know, lifestyle would be, you know, going, going out on vacations once a year. I don't really buy expensive clothing. Right. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't spend a lot of money per mm-hmm. se. Um, so I thought that was going to be enough, but then fast forward to maybe now, and now that we graduated and, and you can see how much now that you're in the real world. Now that you're adulting <laughs> pretty much for everything that you do. Um, real world San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sketchy. Um, but yeah, we'll I mean, edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> the no, yeah, I mean it it's it's it really goes to say that there's no way at least in my mind I, I don't see myself I should I I I should say that it's not that there's no way. Um but if you're living with 40,000 a year, it, it would be a really bare bones kind of life, you know, just, just enough to eat living. It would be mm-hmm. basically living paycheck yeah. to paycheck. Uh, yeah. At least. And, and of course for everyone uh, or anyone listening to this, we're talking about the specific case of living in San Diego or, or the area, County of San Diego, area of San Diego. Right. And uh, not necessarily city but you know what i'm talking yeah. about just this this area yeah forty thousand dollars it it it's hard yeah to live here in the San Diego area making forty thousand dollars it yeah it's yeah. hard it, it would be hard and then especially if you if you consider that um well we were talking about it right too because the minimum wage has really increased from what i remember when i was working uh and i think we're about i think it's maybe like 14 14 bucks mm-hmm. an hour now yeah i think yeah. uh as of january 1st yeah of this year of this year yeah because they, they literally just started doing the, the 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 minimum wage increase right i think it was like every year it would be like going up one dollar or something like that right yeah, yeah yeah that yeah uh don't quote me on this but i think the goal is by 2023 to get to the 15 dollar oh i see uh, mark of, yeah and even at yeah. some point i think i remember them saying um like for restaurants specifically, it may even go to like sixteen dollars and fifty cents an hour. But I mean, oh, any, really? yeah, why? yeah. So do you know is, why? Is the whole thing? The, I, I, from what I remember, is the whole thing of um, restaurants, at least the ch- big chain restaurants, making so much money from, you know, the food they sell and not giving that to the employees. Okay. So is is the whole of like trickle down effect of, you know, if if you're if you're a company that is really profitable. You should be giving some of that to the to the entry level workers oh, and you know okay. your 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 backbone really to to the whole um yeah the economy yeah the economy basically. yeah yeah so but but anyways I mean thinking about this fourteen dollars an hour um and and this is true because you know I think at some point you know I, I was making minimum wage you know when I when I was working uh, like after high school and a little bit through college and the races that I would get and this was like People would, I would get so excited because it would be, I think I was making like, uh, I think it was like something like $11 an hour. Okay. Back then, uh, eleven fifty, And at the end of the year, they would tell you, um, hey, here's your raise. And the raise would literally be capped to be up to 50 cents more okay. per hour. What would you get just uh, the raise at the end of the year? Maybe end yeah. of fiscal year and or end of it, it would be calendar end, year. Yeah, it would be at the end of the year, and literally it would be twenty five cents or fifty cents, 
and that was the same for everybody like they wouldn't okay. pay you commission either so it would just be that were you excited about that race yeah i hell was yeah. hell yeah back then i i thought that was a <laughs> how like how much did that 25 cent raise make a difference yeah no. ended up making a difference and, and no it, maybe not necessarily like in lifestyle but I'm, what i'm asking is how i mean i how bought much, a lambo how <laughs> How, uh, the the, the toy, hot wheels, the hot wheels. <laughs> yeah. How, how much was it? Five dollars more uh, a paycheck. Was I mean, two dollars. I mean, I I know I can do the math. But Fifty cents, right? On 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 the whole year, that's that's probably like like a thousand dollars more a year. If it was a, a quarter raise, so, so that was four dollars more a, a no, day. So it's it's, it's a thousand dollars more a year. A thousand dollars more a year. About. Um. So what? I mean, divided by by twelve and. <laughs> It's not really much, right? Yeah, it's what like ninety dollars maybe a month. A month, that I hell yeah, yeah, ninety dollars yeah. extra. Well, of course, yeah, we're it, talking it, about a yeah. you know a raise. Who the hell is gonna say no? Don't give me right, a raise, right? But it's, it's the whole thing that you you're so trapped into this um, world where well, I guess you're an entry level position, right? This is like entry level positions, um, so you're you get hyped over just getting a 25 cent because mm -hmm. when i said you know 50 cents a year it doesn't mean that they were giving you 50 cents every year right it was maybe they would give you 50 cents maybe they would give you 25 cents maybe they would give you nothing mm -hmm. so you know for me 50 cent increase i was like man that that's that's a lot but when you look at inflation and how prices are moving up in comparison to that 50 cent increase mm -hmm. it doesn't you know it doesn't compute because you're still making less you know you, you're economical yeah. just just by time you know mm. passing yeah if you don't get a uh you know a raise based on you know in, inflation you're it, it's almost like you're getting a pay decrease right yeah and sorry about, oh, I, got, I got distracted for a second I, I thought i hadn't hit record on on the audio but oh. i did no it, <laughs> so fun fact it, this happened the first time we were doing the, the first episode where i completely oh, forgot right. i completely we were, forget we were like three hours in yeah and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's when he noticed yeah no it, it wasn't that bad but yes it's it's uh it's recording so we're, we're we're definitely good um going back to 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 the minimum wage and, and the increase and everything um it goes back to say like back then i think i was so naive that that's the right word i was so naive about how much money really meant and how much you actually needed to make it because it, it, it mm -hmm. wasn't enough I, I remember at some point um my well then girlfriend now wife um we we were renting an apartment with friends and how many it was four people it was three girls and me okay and and basically it was um it was through a my friend's dad owned the apartment. Okay. And he moved out. He he was retired, so he was living what, somewhere else. Were you paying uh, about you know median rent prices in San Diego, or were you guys getting no, a deal the, because the, the guy was hooking the it up? The, the yeah. guy was really hooking it up because he didn't ask us for like a background check or because I know that's oh, yeah. I think I, I haven't really rented outside of that apartment, but. I think it's like, you know, they do like a background check. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right. And then they, they maybe ask you for like a deposit. We didn't have to do mm -hmm. a deposit. Um, and I want to say once once we divided everything, we were, we were all be paying like maybe 200 bucks. So like okay. 800 bucks, but that didn't include the water bill, the basically the utilities. Electricity, trash, whatever, yeah. Yeah, 
So it was basically 200 each and then, you know, add all the bills up and maybe you're talking about maybe 250 each, each really, realistically speaking, every month. Um, but, but yeah, that's basically the deal that we had. And I remember taking a lot of, of basically my pay away, you know, the, the, that, that's not a lot. I mean, we're, we're talking about, uh, $14 an hour. Oh, like, a, like a lot of the percentage yeah, of yeah. what you made. That would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we actually didn't have a lot of, um, of spare money. I mean, we, we were able to save, but you know, it's not much. And granted to that, we had a friend that actually taught us a lot of the ropes cause we would go, um, get food from, uh, like a church that would be giving food every now and then. Mm-hmm. So every now and then we would get lucky and not have to spend money on groceries cause we would get them from, you know, right from the church. Yeah. From church or, or charities, I guess uh, yeah. charities overall. Um, but that goes to say how, how much, <laughs> um, minimum wage is just, not enough. Yeah, Imagine th- this, yeah. is, you, this is when you were making eleven dollars an hour. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how much it in you know round rounded numbers a month? How, how much was that? Just roughly. Um, you're gonna put my engineering degree to the test because I don't know if I can do that math really quick. You don't remember? Like no. right on top of my head. Of your no, head, it's been how much? Su- such a such a long time, but. Let's see. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 looking at like twenty two, like twenty two, twenty three thousand a year. So divided that by, yeah, so like a thousand eight hundred, thousand six hundred, mm-hmm. something like that. A okay, a month. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, I mean, it may be less actually, because we're we're saying uh, uh, that's so much a year, but then think about the taxes that you're paying, right? And then think mm-hmm. about the healthcare, right? And 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 all that stuff, because technically, you you know, yeah, we're saying like, you know, fourteen hundred a month or whatever that the the math works out to be. Um, you really take home maybe it's like what like sixty percent of that, so you know, you're looking at eight hundred dollars maybe really realistically taking mm-hmm. home. And then out of that, two hundred and fifty is going to, to, roof over your head and a couple of bills. Yeah, and yeah. and and we're talking about how you didn't, you you were getting hooked up. You know, it wasn't, uh, you weren't paying um, the normal rates. The, the normal rates here in in, in San Diego, right. which we're talking about. I think the the median uh, rent cost here in the county of San Diego is somewhere around like fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, imagine making that and having to pay fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> it's um, you know, yeah. your, your whole paycheck is going into yeah for like for rent. Yeah, and 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 then you you get into the whole topic of um, well, can I even afford a home? Right, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think that's kind of part of that American dream, right? Where it's is a whole of owning like a piece of land that is yours that you can pass on to the next generation or at least have have something that you can call yours right right so um i mean if you if you believe in that whole idea of like everybody should have a shot at owning a home right it really puts you out of that spectrum of even being able to like if if you're just making minimum wage there's no way even with dual income right that that would be like what like 40 40 something thousand a year maybe fifty thousand a year if if like two people it, making minimum, minimum wage. Minimum wage yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's the, the median um, 
the home price, right, for for San Diego. But uh, Medi- median home price is, and we have the statistics here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we did look at, at um, we, we were looking at Redfin, if, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right. So I think, uh, what, what did we write on the paper? It so was, what we found was that the median uh, home price in San Diego County is $760,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> let, let that sink in. I mean, I'm trying, but yeah, <laughs> it, it just goes to say, right? Like, like thinking back then, I was so naive that, you know, I thought that I could make it really on minimum wage. But I think now in, in hindsight, 2020, you, you really need that. That's why you see people with minimum, you know, paying jobs or minimum uh, hourly wages have multiple jobs because there is no way that you could live really here in San Diego if you don't do that. Because what are you going to do? Like, let's say you and your wife are working. Mm. And you're both getting paid a minimum wage, and eventually you throw throw a kid into the mix. Yeah, that that it's definitely not enough. Yeah, and yeah. that's um, when it comes to again going back to the the medium home price uh, here in San Diego. It really it, it just makes it oh it makes it impossible like for starters. Then uh, also just going a, a little. Back backtracking a little bit to what you were saying mm-hmm. about being naive, you know, at such you know a young age, basically between high school, early, uh, early college years, uh, somewhere around that. Right. Um, I guess it's just it, it's part of it because you this anything that has to do with finances or you know how to buy a house or taxes, anything, none of that is really taught in schools. You're 100% so, right. You know, there's a reason. I guess you're not alone, basically. That's what I'm what I'm trying to say in terms of... You know, if you ask the average 18-year-old, I'd say in the U.S., that went to at least through the public school system, I can't obviously speak for anything private. Uh, I know for a fact that, you know, yeah. none of that is, you know, taught in schools. You get, like, probably the closest you get to anything finance related is the economics class mm-hmm. uh, that is taught in in high school usually and, and junior or senior year yeah and it's very uh, basic terms it's you know it's better than nothing you know I, I won't i won't trash the class at school but there really should be a class that focuses on really like the real world how to how to make smart financial decisions yeah that that would be awesome yeah i I completely agree because if i i think the only thing i remember from my econ class in in high school um it was literally learning the loss of supply and demand and interest rates like like compounded interest and and, right and you know i I mean of course there was more but that's the bare bones of, yeah, of what and, you learn. Yeah, they focus on, on more kind of uh, on teaching the co- the concept, the concepts of yeah. it, but not applying. Yeah, it. exactly, not applying it into your actual situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, that that's that's where it gets uh, really really tricky because if you think how they they teach you about. At some point, I think schools were, were teaching about home ed or like, so, like you know, how to cook, how to like, you know, mundane things that you would yeah. do in your, in your Take house. Take care of a like, kid. Right. Um, a health class, right? I think everybody's, yeah. you know, it, it all kind of needs to be taught to to an extent, right? Like taxes for sure is one of those where 
uh, especially as somebody that didn't grow up here in the States, um, you, you, besides, you know, knowing that you pay taxes on every good that you purchase from the store, there is not really a concept that I, I say that I knew like, oh, how do taxes work? Uh, is everybody on the same bracket? I, I honestly didn't even consider that, you know, like how much of an impact that, that is. And then nobody teaches you how much money ends up going to your healthcare, mm -hmm. your dental. Um, like, you know, your mom may give you a sense of like how much, like I remember my mom, she would actually give me the sense of how much she was um, paying because at some point it, it got to be a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then not only that, you have you still have your co-pays, you know, paying for your medicine or, or whatever you need, right? It's It gets really expensive. And definitely, I, I agree with you 100% is something that, that should be taught in uh, at high school. I think at least for one one year, you should be taught everything to do with economics, how to manage, you know, credit card debt and, and right uh, loans, right? Like how how can manage loans, uh, manage expectations, manage, you know, what's really a good standard of living and what should you be asking, you know, for once you're getting a job? Because that's the other thing, right? I think once you're you you're barely starting, you don't care how much they pay you. You just want to. You yeah, just you just wanna, want a job. You just want a job. Yeah, exactly. So, just, yeah, you're you're just looking for a, a steady income. Yeah, you know, like a, you know, constantly uh, having money. Yeah, basically, just just want to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 that's the problem, right? Because a lot of the oh, I I guess I understand it for like an entry level job, right? Like an What? entry level job should be. Uh, I guess I, I should make the distinguish, the, the a little distinguishment. Um, entry level job for somebody that hasn't graduated or just coming right out of high school, I think it's okay for them to to be in those minimum wage, you know, levels. Not not saying that the fourteen dollars an hour is enough. I'm just saying that there should be like a minimum entry level, and that should be fine for anybody that has no experience at all. Like, me, me, uh, a minimum, yeah, yeah, a minimum salary for an entry level but not necessarily the minimum wage right minimum right. wage okay yeah like every i i i think the um anybody that gets a foot in the it becomes part of the of the job market should have a a at the minimum standard of, of living that you need to to live in the area that you live so mm -hmm. you know if for san diego it would be like you know fifty thousand dollars a year to survive and you know be okay then it should whatever that equates to per hour that should be maybe what people should be getting yeah so so that's what i i, I that's my personal opinion and then but the other thing too is i do understand that for example people get hung up on their first job sometimes like let's say mm -hmm. people that i see working at a mcdonald's right like uh, behind a counter sorry for anybody that works at a mcdonald's behind behind uh the counter but It's true to say that those jobs, I see them as a, as a temporary stepping stone. So mm -hmm. if you don't see yourself, if, if you see yourself being stuck uh, behind a cash register where they're not really giving you a pay increase or, you know, your, your tasks are not really demanding, right? Uh, I do think that, that you should look for the next job or something, you know, better than that. Because if you stay in that level, I mean... One, you're not giving them a reason to pay you more because you're just. It seems like you're comfortable at, at the amount that you're making. Yeah. And two, these are jobs that don't really. Usually, the entry level jobs don't require a lot of 
know-hows or a lot of knowledge or responsibility or responsibilities to even justify paying you more so i do think that you know you should those types of jobs should be treated as as a temporary job right like just a stepping stone get some experience going uh customer service right all that Mm -hmm. stuff and and then you know move on yeah for sure i i agree 100 percent um that that should be the case it's almost um maybe not necessarily let me gather my thoughts it it shouldn't necessarily be that you have to even look for an hour job but you can even like move up within for example if you're working at mcdonald's and you start you know working behind the counter uh maybe if you want to if you want to raise then either you like you said, you look for another job or you look for an opportunity to move up within, within McDonald's. Right. Yeah. There are obviously opportunities there. And I, I have, I, I don't know the inner, the twinings of, of McDonald's and how everything works, you know, how you move up or not, but I know you, you can. Right. I, I mean, mean, there's, there's a people, manager at the, yeah, every McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. There's right. people that have done it. Yeah. Um, so I know there is, and at the end of the day, it, it's every i always see it in the news and videos and stuff Mm -hmm. like that specifically you know for obvious reasons the the whole movement about um minimum wage and you know raise the minimum wage and it and there's always a a focus uh specifically on on these types of jobs you know like retail or fast food which are you know the jobs that typically pay this you know the minimum wage but if you just take a step back and look at how companies or corporations or everywhere else, ev- everywhere you go, uh, it you it you may not necessarily be uh, paying uh, be getting minimum wage, but you're reaching a cap based right. on the level of responsibility skills that you have. So you may be an engineer, you may be. Uh, you know, an accountant, you may be whatever, whatever uh, position that you hold. And every company has its entry level, right, mid level. So, you, you know, it's almost as if and I know this is not necessarily the case, but it's almost as if as an entry level person, you would be uh, a demanding or, you know, asking or whatever that you get paid as mid level staff when you're not necessarily, you may not necessarily have the skills or the level of responsibility right. that that person has. So why would the company have, have to, to pay you? you? Yeah. Yeah. So unless you do something about it to either, you know, prove them that you have the skills necessary to be worth that to a particular company, then, then you right. would deserve the raise. If not, then you can, it's a free market. You can go any anywhere you want, really. Yeah, I mean, and th- that's that's kind of like how the backbones of like capitalism kind of works, right? right? Like it, it's the desire to do better, or the, it's it's the the drive to do better that should get you to where you want to be exactly. right in life. Like that's the the, the freedom that, that it gives you. Um, so yeah, definitely a really good point. Because yeah, I'm not I'm not at least in my opinion, I'm not saying that everybody should be wealthy, right? Like n- not because I think I should step back. But they can if they want to. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, that's that's the better way to say it, is if if you want to be wealthy, you should aim for that. Um, 
not saying, I mean, I understand the whole, you know, because people are going to take things out of context, right? And we're, we're just kind of really talking, but um, I understand the whole pay gap. I understand that, mm-hmm. you know, the whole middle class disappearing, how, you know, I, I get all that. But at, at the core of everything, at the end of the day, it comes down to how much value are you bringing in to the economy by the position that you hold in it? Right. And back to what we're saying, if, if you're just like a person working at a Walmart stocking shelves, and if your only responsibility is really opening boxes and restocking and not really taking any, like you were saying, extra responsibilities, like let's say managing stock, right? Or like the, the stocks of, of the of the store, then you're not really bringing of any additional value to the company. And, and to your point, like why would they, you know, need to pay you more? You're doing the bare minimum that it's asked for you, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so definitely I always see those jobs as maybe like, Right out of high school, right? Like you, you go, uh, uh, you know, go to your Walmart, and those are your entry. That's that's what I consider like an entry level job, right? Like that's not a career. That's that's just, you know, getting your foot in the in the job market, getting mm-hmm. a sense for it, uh, responsibilities, build yourself up to to an actual career, whether whether that's management or administrative or you know whatever you want, mm-hmm. but it should be a stepping stone. Where I think the the drawback is is where people actually, like I said, they get comfortable. They don't want to deal with more responsibility, right? Or, or maybe they don't. I I don't know if the word is comfortable, but maybe they feel stuck in that position. I think you know, and there and there is some special circumstances of people that maybe can't really do much than just that, right? Or a job market or whatever the situation may be. But for the most part, if you should see it as a stepping stone, and if you know, and you should aim to to do something more. Um, Especially because, you know, going back to the homeownership, right? Like my road to owning a home is not one that that became true from one day to the next. Like mm-hmm. if, if I were to say um, I was able to purchase my home for, you know, without putting like any effort at all, I would be a complete liar. Like being a professional and working on a, you could say a... a uh, a career path with a lot of demand and little supply, right? Of of, mm-hmm. um, of engineers, I, I feel like even with, with that in mind, um, it was tough. Like there was, it, it took a lot of patience. It, it took dual incomes as well. It, it yeah, I, I couldn't say it would be hard for, for me to say like, oh, I, you know, I had to like, I purchased this house all by myself. No, it would be a complete lie. It took my wife, who else is a professional, different field. Um, but it, it, it definitely took two. And yeah. and I, I I mean, could you could you say the same? I mean Yeah, I mean it, same case. Uh I recently uh, uh purchased a house or like just yesterday, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it it had to be done through having a a dual income, you know, my wife and, and I, uh, because going back to what we started uh, this podcast, uh, with, which was how expensive living in San Diego is and how the medium home price in San Diego is 760,000, which my, my, by the way, my house is nowhere near that, (laughs) that price. Uh, it's way lower, and even then, uh, it required a dual income right. uh, to both, you know, cover all the expenses uh, that come with, you know, the process of buying right. a house, which is 
you know, pretty expensive. And then also, obviously, to keep on, you know, being able to, you know, afford the house right. and, and pay for anything related with now, it. Now, that, that is the really scary thing, right? Because I, I think we said the medium income for, for somebody living in San Diego uh, and this is like individual income. It's it's around thirty six thousand um, from from what we could tell. And then mm. um, the household income, the 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 medium income was eighty, right? right. So being that we're and this should be the true eye opener, right? So it's eighty thousand the the household medium income. Us being professionals, uh, and and in a, in a field that that pays decent, I think I think we can say, um, if we're struggling, right? To to f- if it's hard to fathom the idea of owning a home, right, and how long it took us to really get there, now imagine all the people that are in all those fields that either don't pay the same amount or, you know, there's definitely an extra supply of workers for that type of job, and a lot of people don't end up getting that, you know, yeah. into that career. Yeah, it, it's it's almost impossible. Yeah. The, the only way I could see it happening is through literally years and years and years and years of saving uh to put down a fat down yeah. payment so that you can afford you know the you know mortgage uh otherwise and and i'm talking about a fat one like even more than 20 percent in, in order to be able to be making like seventy thousand household income and be affording and be able to afford a house right here in San Diego. Um, yeah, that's the only way I can see it happening because it's it's other uh, otherwise it's it's it, impossible. It, it could be also. I mean, uh, the only entry that I see that it's feasible is maybe if you have a little bit of generational wealth that maybe you're, you know, if you're not first generations and if your parents were here before you and maybe they give you a little help, right? Like a little. Um, like an inheritance, an inheritance or something. Well, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're talking about yeah, like if, if not you were by yourself, anything right, of that. Just right. you know, by yourself. Yeah. No, you're not inheriting a house or just, you know, cash. We're not talking about if if that's your case, that's freaking awesome. I wish <laughs> I you know, I, I would have had yeah. know, some inheritance or like a, oh you're uh, you you're, know, you're, you're telling uncle. me you don't have like a hundred million dollars laying around there? <laughs> maybe, maybe somewhere lying. That's why lying I, I became there. friends with you because I thought <laughs> uh, you're you must be disappointed. Wrong reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wish you know, like the the classic case, like uh, oh, your uncle, you never met him, uh, right? But yeah, it was <laughs> he's a rich. distance uncle. Uh, yeah. Uncle, he was rich. He left you two hundred thousand dollars. I'd be like, hell, hell yeah. yeah, I'll take it any day. Yeah, I mean, and, and going back to that, right, because for the people that are not in the area, the San, the San Diego, or maybe I should say Southern California area, is going through like a, a housing crisis of sorts where there's just not enough houses being constructed per year. So not only is the supply, I mean, the, the yeah, the supply of houses really low, but the demand for housing is also really high. And... You also, you're in a situation where you have the Navy, right? So you have a lot of people that are transplants from like other mm-hmm. areas here. Yeah. Um, and in San Diego, in a way, I think we're, we're a little bit lucky because, and, and this is true. I, I don't care. Some people, you know, could disagree, but the situation would be even worse if we were in a, a, a border town, you know, a border state with, with TJ and Mexico. Because... Just the fact, if you see all the trips that get done in that border, right? 
I can almost guarantee most of those yeah. trips are people that may be living in TJ that are actually working yeah. over here. That's that's actually a good point that now that you bring that up and it'd be an interesting statistic. I've Yeah. I, I just being in a well, living in San Diego being a border town to such a big city like Tijuana, I, I know a ton of people that live in TJ Same. and work in San Diego. But I just don't know the numbers. And yeah. I know, I'm sure well, and, that and, the statistic has to be out there. And, and this is the thing, though. Nobody's going to be able to tell you, right? Because usually the people that are doing that end up borrowing an address, right? Right. From, from here. So to the state, um, they think that there's multiple families living in, in a household. Where, yeah, that's where true. it's not true. I mean, it's a reality. I mean, it. Not not saying that it's the most legal thing to do, right? But... Then again, the 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 situation requires you to live in in TJ, right? Just to make it, because a lot of the people that do that is, is basically that, like, well, I'm not willing to pay a million dollars for a house, you know, for a shack, you know, because right, right, yeah, or I literally can't. Yeah, so so I'm going to TJ and and over there, yeah, like you know, you not saying that, and I'm not talking smack about uh, TJ, but you know, you're you're. Your standard of living may be a little bit lower, would you say? Like your your commodities, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and and your commute really gets worsened by a lot. But at least you feel like you're not leaving paycheck to paycheck, and and that right. takes a lot of weight from you know off of people's yeah. It back. gives you, it's almost like you trade, uh, physical exhaustion. You take that over peace of mind, right? Peace of yeah, mind, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. which. You know that's that's great. You know that that works out a lot of times. Yeah. You know having you know peace of mind and your mental health, uh, and all because obviously anything stress related, uh, well, finances are very stressful. So if you have them in line yeah. and you're not feeling like you're paycheck to paycheck, then that may trump anything. Yeah. You know, it's, a lot of people maybe like, I don't care if I have to commute six hours, you know, a day. And I'm talking about combined, you know, border crossing, right? Asterisk, unless you have Sentry or something like that. But even but, then, you're looking at but, an hour extra. Commute. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, that aside, there's plenty of people that do not have any anything that would, you know, provide them like an express uh, border crossing. Yeah. And so for the people that been doing it for years and years, and they still, you know, they choose to do it because it makes sense financially for them. Yeah, so for the people that don't know that Sentry Pass that Jonathan is talking about, it's literally almost like a fast pass for you know for the border crossing where you're kind of they do a ba- an extra background check on you to to make sure that you're not uh, uh you know that you're legit and that you're not going to be crossing anything that you shouldn't or across the border and you're just crossing for your daily needs, right? So right. So and there's a, a fee to that, which is not too much, but yeah, like the people that are definitely doing that every day, they, they go through yeah. that process. It's definitely worth it, even if you don't cross every day. Uh, it's oh, yeah. definitely worth it. Do, do you have it? I don't, but yeah. I plan on getting it. I'm currently about to start the process, but well, it, it's about I don't know. I want to say like two hundred dollars, like for ten years, right, or five yeah. years or something yeah. like that. Uh, let me know how that process goes because I actually <laughs> that's something that we've been saying that. That we want to get to just because whenever we go over there we we just want to cross fast we don't want to deal yeah and maybe we should step back a little bit and kind of see how that what you know why that pass really helps you right because a typical day okay if you cross during the peak 
commuting hours, which is, you know, your mornings of people going to work and coming, you know, uh, you're looking at potentially doing about three hours to four hours of, of, of wait times at the border. That's through the car. Walking, you're looking at maybe like an hour or two. Now the sentry pass converts that four hours in car to like maybe an hour in car tops yeah yeah and and walking i want to say you pretty much cross within minutes so for somebody that is crossing on the daily you're literally saving three hours of your life every day by by just paying a couple of bucks a a, a month really if right you really think about it um but yeah i mean i think that 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 speaks to the 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 critical state that we have here without getting political because i think you know there there's there's a lot of arguments where, well, we need to increase housing. Well, that's not really it, right? Because the demand is so high that I don't even think you could... One, okay, I should step back again. We're pretty built up here in San Diego. The only way to go is pretty much up now. Where, you know, we, we can't really... The city of San Diego itself is pretty built. Uh, Chula Vista, mm-hmm. just, you know, which is another area within the San Diego County, uh, kind of has the, the new area, I guess, to the east, Right. Um, right, he's and, like, yeah. But other than that, I mean, Santee's already boomed. Uh, at, they pretty much went through the the growth spurt. That's a, a city northeast of of San Diego, and I mean, pretty much, like I said, uh, every area is more or less built built up to what it should to the ultimate you know condition that it should have. Yeah, there there are some areas still still where there's some growth, but not not enough to justify the 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 need right for housing. That's why we should just build up. I mean, obviously, there yeah. are regulations that, right. you know, prevent, uh, you know, uh, densification through basically, you know, building up. Right. Uh, but that's the way to go. I mean, what? I mean, what if else you can provide, you do? Yeah, where else can you go? And you start seeing some development here in in San Diego County that is trying to do that. You start seeing uh, a little, li- you know, some indicatives that they want to you know they do that you start seeing developments that are three four stories houses yeah yeah but i mean that's uh, you know a good start but really it doesn't it just has to go it's one thing out of the many yeah exactly you just need more and more even the idea of of i I really like the idea of, of mixed use right where they do this whole retail in the bottom and housing on the top or, or some sort of mix where you know you're you're parking you like know the mullet of developments yeah but <laughs> i love the <laughs> yes give the guy give the guy a, <laughs> a word uh but yeah because uh, because think about it we're out of space it reduces the amount of parking area right for, that you need because in the you know you, the people that leave the house you know live and then there's empty parking lots and now the retail comes in and now they use the parking you know while you're out yeah um the other thing that i think it's a potential huge benefit that we learned from the pandemic is remote work mm-hmm. that's another thing that we could do right to to improve that area uh minimum way to have my mixed feelings about it because you know it, it I don't. I don't want to get it. That's that's a whole other episode. But you know, you 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 increase minimum wage, and and all it's gonna do, in my opinion, is worker. You know, the people that hire you end up having to raise their prices just to keep up with what you're asking for. So at the end of the day, somebody else is gonna pay for it, right? Because it's not a business if you're not making money. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, like I said, a, a whole different topic that you know, uh, and not to get political because that is definitely a whole topic that we can cover. But you know, going back to the whole uh, housing market, I mean, we we were saying that the well, actually, I don't think we had said this, but the median price for a home. Oh, we we did say it right. I think according yeah, to Refn, it was price, it yeah. was seven hundred and sixty. Right. So, and and just let like you're saying, let this sink in a little bit. Right now we have record low interest rates, so you're looking at you know something like the less than three percent interest rate on, on on a loan for a home. Right. Right now they're more in the three ish. Okay. But even anything less than four percent is considered low. Yeah. So I mean. We're low. Yeah. So so it's not so much that the money is going to the interest. Well, I should take it back because now th that's another thing that happened in the in the last decades, right? A couple of decades where now people are are okay with having 30-year loans. Whereas before, you know, if you wanted a house, you were looking at your 15-year loan, 10-year loan or something, you know, less. But a 30-year loan was something kind of reserved for like big investment, like, you know, bigger properties you know so uh taking that down and, and we kind of crunch some numbers but we look at a at a seven hundred thousand dollar house and just putting 20 percent down with like assuming a, a like a 2.7 uh, percent interest um i think what we we said that's going to be like around three thousand three thousand dollars you said putting down 20%. Yeah, 20% down, yeah. down. Yeah. So that's $3,000. So that would be including your taxes and your you know, your insurance for the house. And and you may be wondering, well like, you know, if if you're trying to own a home and and you're saying like, well why did you guys choose the 20% down and why these numbers? So the house that we picked is something within the median, right? Of of the range It's actually lower than right. the median. And the 20% down is is something that uh you could say experts tell you to aim for because not only does it remove the pmi but it you know your debt to to income ratio is you know it's in a good standing so so there, there's some reasoning behind that 20 percent. but but once again so we're looking at three thousand bucks now if we go back to the number that we said about somebody making minimum wage they're making a month about two thousand five hundred there in itself it tells you that if you're a single income minimum wage First of all, good luck trying to make up the 20% down for the house. Which in the scenario we ran was 20% of 700,000 was $140,000. Right. So think about think about that. And people are going to be like, well, well, what if that person is working two jobs? Well, working two jobs, you, you, you're only looking at you're making 5000 gross, $5,000 $5, a month gross. Um, and you still need to basically have more than half of it go to, go to savings. No, we'll go to the, to the payment of your house. Oh, oh, you're yeah, cause about... you're making $5,000 a month. Your house payment, if you, if somehow you were able to get 20% down, you're paying 3000 bucks. So you're left with, uh, $2,000 a month to cover gas, food, and you still need to pay your medical bill bills and, and your utilities taxes. and your you're taxes. And, right yeah so actually let's let's redo the math for a little bit right so we we were saying that uh, let's say you work two minimum um wage jobs so that's that puts you right at 28 dollars an hour that's about five thousand dollars a month 
we can probably assume about half of it is going to go to your personal taxes and call it a couple of maybe gas and yeah, maybe taxes, gas, and maybe some of the bills, like your phone bill or something. Mm -hmm. Right. So half of it really goes to like your day to day bills. So you're, you're really left with 2,500 and your $700,000 house with 20% down, your monthly payment is 3000. So even with two minimum paying jobs, you're negative 500. You're negative 500 bucks. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, and which is And this assumes that you were somehow able to get the the 20%. Right, which if we're talking about so you were making going back to the scenario, let's let's assume this person um in the scenario was making $5,000 after everything you paid he was left with $2500 right yeah so if he was renting an apartment for $1500 this prior yeah. to him owning the house so that means that he would only have $1000 a month left left uh, for savings which means that's 12 it would take him 10 years well i, w I wouldn't even say yeah i mean that that's assuming that roughly because how much, well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, a, a trip to Costco, <laughs> a trip to Costco, every time I go to Costco, even though I, I think you do save money because you're doing the whole bulk buying and, and you know, and, you know, anyways, uh, a trip to Costco, is a, it's it's a hundred bucks every time you go, at least. I, I, I rarely see myself spending less than a hundred bucks whenever I go to Costco. Ten items is a hundred bucks or eight items. So, yeah. so let's say you do one trip to Costco, right, for like your toilet paper, which is nowadays is... It's gold. It's crucial, and also it's probably one of the best deals you can you get. At yeah, Costco. you get at yeah. Costco. Yeah, that and water bottle. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That that's you're basically describing my my <laughs> list when I go to Costco. But um, love Costco by the way. If you can be, be a sponsor for us, that would be amazing. Keep keep it going. Um, but anyway, so Costco, it's a hundred bucks, right? Uh, what, let's say you go once per month, which for me is not the case. I actually probably think go once or twice a month. But anyway, so let's really? say. Really? Damn. Yeah. I'm not a baller. I just really love my Costco. <laughs> um, so that's 100 bucks a month. And then let's talk about groceries. So let's say how much do you think you spend on groceries like per week? Uh, uh, per week? Yeah. Uh, we, we, well, uh, 100. So we, uh, we uh, in our budget, we have $250 uh for two weeks that's how much we spend oh groceries. yeah so, so you're you're 120 yeah or so groceries. 125 dollars and and i'm assuming a week with, with that uh is that like outings too or is that just pure groceries like like if you eat out like once a week uh it may be a combination of we try to uh, keep it because uh, we run a, a, a pretty tight budget. budget right so we try to keep the 250 dollars uh groceries but of course most of the time we are we the two hundred and fifty dollars has a buffer, right? Uh, in case we eat out or something like that, right. because most of the time, uh, we probably actually spend about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty, and with that we can make it two weeks Fine. easily. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves ninety to one hundred dollars of, of playroom of playroom. Yeah, and if we feel like eating out you know a couple of times within you know that 100 
And, and of course, by eating out, I don't even necessarily mean right. anything fancy, but it could be, ah, oh, let's just get pizza. Ah, oh, let's get sushi. So, something that's, you, you know. You get not, that $10 Costco pizza? Yeah, I've hell seen yeah. You. I've seen hell you. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, get you through a week. <laughs> <laughs> that and L- Little Caesars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, something like that. Right. Not necessarily, you know, there's another category in our budget for. Right. I mean, our, yeah, I mean but, that, but yeah. That gets into the whole topic of like how you budget. But I mean, we're looking at $100 for Costco, right? For like things that you may need for the house or, you know, your toilet or cleaning supplies, whatever you're thinking. And then you're looking at groceries, about another 125 Is that 150 sure. Right. Fair to say. Uh, so you're looking at about $250 a month that, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't call it like a typical family, but in most situations you're looking at spending about that much in just your day to day, like household needs. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. You can include a couple of extra things that you need for the house. Um, so, so going back to this person that has a thousand dollars to spare, we'll take $250 out of that. Now you have 750. Mm-hmm. Now gas prices here in the area at least now during the summer you you see about four dollars a gallon and, and let's keep it easy right uh, uh right now we're maybe a lot of people are not driving but in your typical day you know no no covet involved whatsoever you're looking at maybe a one tank of gas per week is that for uh, a fair assumption like one sure. tank yeah. yeah so and assuming four dollars you're looking at forty dollars every week on just gas mm-hmm so what 160 if you pump gas at costco if you pump gas at costco <laughs> you could actually save more but costco is not a sponsor we not wish yet. but not yet <laughs> so you're, you're looking at spending 160 dollars on gas you know add that to what we had and you're truly just left with 500 bucks yeah and and that 500 dollars that you have left provided that nothing out of the ordinary right happens right yeah so so let let let's let's give the audience like a second to think about 500 bucks to spare a month and and throw in you know uh an outing a month maybe 30 dollars right uh, uh quick sure. dinner Which, you know yeah and and that's is you know if that's, that's if you're, if you're to Costco. and also like if you're disciplined <laughs> yeah like yeah. In, in the in the no scenario appetizers here yeah right yeah, yeah. avocado toast is not even part of the menu <laughs> iced coffee iced coffee so yeah <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned it because yeah every time we yeah yeah no alcoholic drinks definitely oh yeah on the bill. forget about it yeah <laughs> so maybe, maybe one during happy hour uh maybe you should be taking me out more <laughs> yeah but but yeah it's 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 you're looking at 30 40 dollars every time you go out you know for uh oh yeah that's another thing outings get yeah, pretty expensive it, really real quick really quick yeah so i mean you're you're really talking about the ability to save you it's it's more in the range of like 400 to 300 bucks every month yeah and once again, this is a person working two jobs. If, you know, there's, this is why, you know, this is not financial advice. And this is why people hate to give financial advice because it's so specific to everybody's mm-hmm. situation, Personal, right? Yeah. It's not so much that they don't want to tell you what to do. It's just that it really depends on what your goals in life are and, and what your personal situation is. But throw kids into the mix. Throw that if you're a single parent working two jobs and the kids are, you know, you know they can't be uh, home alone. You're going to have to pay daycare, you know, the kid gets sick, you go to the hospital. Like it, it's really, you know, any way you're slicing, you're, you're going to, 
you're gonna struggle. Right. Yeah. So so that's the the twenty percent down. So and th- this this whole conversation was just to describe something very real. You know, something that happens. You know, all the time, and it's just a very realistic scenario right. uh, out there that b- basically if you're making minimum wage and the current state of minimum wage, uh, you know, working two jobs, that's a reality, a scenario that we just described. Yeah. And, and I mean, granted that you, this, because people are going to be like, well, that's for a house. Yes. You can get something cheaper, cheaper for like an apartment. Right. But then again, you're going to find out that at least from my experience and actually not even my experience, we're looking at a, Let's say you apply for an apartment. Right now, the turnaround on on on, on houses being open. You you apply for an apartment as in like to, to own. own. Oh, no, to, to own. own. Okay. According to Redfin, uh, nine it, it takes uh, the the average time that a house is in the market. But by house I mean home, like it could be apartments or anything. Sure. It's nine days. So. And and. <laughs> That that may be like for people that have never gotten into the market of the house market, that may sound like oh you, there is nine days worth of inventory, but that's not the case. It's in the typical house they want you to close in thirty days, and the fact that houses are selling in nine days, that's that's crazy. That means that there's a lot of people asking for houses, and it's there's a hot just, market, it's yeah. a hot market. It's a seller. It's, that's what people call a seller's market because basically there's a lot of people wanting houses, and you're in the best situation because you have a house to sell. Um, so, you know, th- th- don't think that we're just talking about home prices. We understand, like, you can buy an apartment and be, you know, more comfortable, right? But for a large family, you know, a condo may not even, you know, you're, you're talking about leaving, like, sardines for a little bit or, or you know, not having the, um, some of the luxuries maybe that come in privacy that come with owning a house. But anyways, going back to, to our, our scenarios, right? This is being the 20% down, the, going down the road of 20% down the more realistic uh, percentages that people actually end up going in um, or, or are more accessible to people is the 10% down and 5% down range, right? Would, right. would you say? So so for that, we, we ran the mass for the same home, same interest. Um, you know, you're looking at a monthly cost of 3,700 for 10% down and 3,900 for 5% down. So... Mm-hmm. Let, once again, so we're almost seeing a jump of 700 bucks per month more between 20% down and 10% right. down. And we're also seeing uh, a $900 uh, dollar jump from 20% down to 5% down. And people that may be trying to follow the math at home, I mean, like, well, that doesn't, maybe that doesn't add up. Uh, the reason for that is because once you don't give that 20% down, uh, at least as far as I know, they, they pretty much ask you or force you, at least here in, in the state of California, to have a, a primary mortgage insurance, which is the PMI. Private. Yeah. Private. Mm-hmm. Um, so that equates, at least in our example, to about 400 bucks extra that you have to pay a month. And that's just an insurance, right? Because I don't think you can really do anything with it. Yeah, that money really goes nowhere. nowhere. You're never going to see that yet. Right. The money It's just something that you, it's almost as a, as a penalty in a it, way. It's yeah. almost like a, you can see it as a penalty or as for not paying 20%. Yeah. For the, for the people listening, it would be almost, it's like an insurance on you defaulting on your loan. So if you don't pay your loan, it's an insurance that the bank can use mm-hmm. or the lender can use to, 
to to basically buy buy out your house in, in case you foreclose. You foreclose. Yeah. So that it, it's really money wasted, right? Um, but it, it's actually the 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 truth about where we're living right now. Because, like you're saying, not a lot of people can save for that twenty percent. Um, I am of that experience, right? Of um, my my path of homeownership uh, basically started. I want to say even in college, because uh, I make I made it. Uh, I made an effort. I should say so. I, I'm part of that twenty percent down experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for purchasing a home, but it, it really started in college, where we made a big effort to come out of college without any debt, which is sadly for college students that's it, it's it's kind of tough. Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. So my wife came out with zero debt. Um, I came out with. Uh, you know, not a lot, really. I want to say like four thousand dollars in debt. You know, it's the two college debt standards. That, that, yeah, it's that's nothing. not a lot. Yeah. Uh, we pay that out, um, and then we literally f- <laughs> we 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 lived in rice and I w- I, I shouldn't say rice and beans because it wasn't just rice and beans, but we definitely lived um, way below our means to the point that we wouldn't go out. We would save every penny we could, uh, and it took. A better part of maybe five to six years. But what you're saying is that that was the intention. Since you were in college, you said, let's save for a house. I mean, I always had the intention of buying a home. I didn't know what type of home, right? Um, and I actually didn't know how much. I didn't know all the intricacies of how much you needed to save. Like, uh, I guess the, the the beauty of, not beauty, but the I think that engineer, right? That, that engineering you wanting to know more of, of how can the math work in your favor um somehow it, it pretty much led me to uh to be like well if if student debt is such a big thing that's the first step into into the right direction right so graduating with little to no student debt um so so that was the goal not really even thinking that the house was possible to be honest because um like I said, I think back back in the day, I thought forty thousand dollars a year was was, was plenty lot, yeah. to 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 accomplish that. Um, and even as a professional, within the first few years, for people that don't know, uh, entry level engineer does not get paid as much as you think it does, they they do. Uh, and maybe a couple years, I want to say they don't they don't really it it really doesn't pay a lot. Um, it's until you you have a couple of years in that that I think it becomes uh, noticeable. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right word, but. Um, but anyways, right. So it's, it's a path of six years. You're talking about rice and beans. Uh, you know, it sounds maybe crazy, but it's true that we paid all our debt. Um, and my wife is a super good saver. That's the, that's the other big benefit. I mean, you know, we threw a wedding in there and we got married, but you know, for wedding standards or wedding was, I, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was like around 10 grand, you know, which well, once again, to to nowadays standards of you see all your lavish weddings is, is yeah it's, it's not it's a dress not, could cost um, you ten thousand dollars yeah it's not a out of the ordinary you know uh, for a wedding and we're talking about not not even anything crazy right um you know for a wedding to cost twenty thirty thousand dollars right there's obviously weddings that cost way way much more, more but probably something you know that's not consi- not even considered lavish it's still right. 
you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, no, and 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 I guess I should say that I'm a weird, 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 right, in this family because uh, we're both stingy as far as you know where money goes. Or not stingy, because you know, I mean, Jonathan went to my wedding. I don't think frugal, but frugal. We're frugal. Um, and, and you went to our wedding, you know, right? It didn't seem like it was actually, I, I, I think it was a, a nice, uh, I, I wouldn't have guessed that it was $10,000. Uh, yeah. I thought it like was nobody would have, I mean, I, 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 people laugh, but <laughs> my wife maybe is going to look back at this episode, but I'm going to let the audience try to guess how much my wife's dress was. And, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn back to that, <laughs> you know, later in the episode to tell you actually how much it was, but, um, maybe Take some time, Google how much a, a wedding dress is, and I'll tell you how much he actually ended up spending, and and you'll see what type of savers we are. But, um, yeah. So going Maybe back to should be in one of those episodes of crazy penny savers, cheap skates or, cheap or something. Skates. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, those guys get a little. <laughs> there was a guy. You got was... some tips from there. Oh yeah, tell you. I, I won't lie. Yeah, there, there was. <laughs> oh my god. Um. The things that I, have I love done. that show, by the way. The things that I have done. Um, somebody's trash is some. It's another man's treasure. Man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, no. It's. Um, I, I want to say, you know, like I said, you know, we, we threw a wedding and and there in between, um, both being professional. She graduated a little a year before me, right? So, this is two college graduates making literally not a lot of money, but okay money. Um, but yeah, but okay, money and with the level of frugality, you guys really made it right. Uh, right, every penny count. So. It, literally every penny uh, counted, and and I should also add on to this to put things into context that we did end up choosing to live with my mother in law for a period of three years, or actually I should take it back. I think it was like two years. Um, maybe it was three years, but anyways, there was a a good period where. We, the, you know, we, we had the choice of let's, let's rent out and, and, you know, be by ourselves or we could go to my mother-in-law and just basically help pay bills and minimize, you know, once again, being yeah. frugal, we, we're trying to save every penny. Um, so it, it literally took that much, you know, not only did we compromise, I guess, our privacy, right? Um, our, um, um, we, we owe her a lot too. Uh, not of money, but like we <laughs> we owe her like a lot of gratitude for for everything that she helped us with, and and same with uh, you know my mom and everything. But um, you know, it it really took us saving for that long and being frugal, like you were saying, for so many years, and noting that both our parents, for my wife and I, they are low income, so they had no chance of of helping us mm-hmm. pay for the house. Um, there was some help, I guess I should say, there was some help, as in. Uh, at the time of closing, I think we were, I don't know if we were necessarily short of cash. No, we weren't short of cash. So what happened is um, at, at the point of closing, a tip for anybody trying to buy a house, uh, it's recommended to have all your money in one bank because mm-hmm. they, they like to see the history of where the transactions, where did the money come from. Um, and what happened with me is that I had a transaction for investments. And so I had to sell stock of, you know, things that I had for me to be able to afford the 20% down and all the, that's what it was, the closing, uh, the closing fees and all those extra, that that, that should be mentioned. It's 20% down, but then you still have to pay all these fees, uh, inspection costs. Oh yeah. The the appraisal, appraisal, inspection, 
Um, foundation if you yeah. see that things are sketchy yeah the, the, your regular home inspection and then you have your fa foundation if if you want well, a lot of times that's a condition yeah on the lender and and that i don't know of any other i'm sure there are plenty of other conditions that the lender can right you know put in in you know as a condition to them giving you the loan um so yeah there's a lot of money that goes into it's a lot it. of dough yeah, for sure. That's that's why I say it's not easy. Not because you're a professional, and, and you have heard us say that that we're, you know, engineers means that it, uh, things were easy at some point. It's like you still have to work for for the things that you want. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, uh, really buying uh, a house, it's it's something that takes a lot of intentionality. Right. You you just don't come out out of nowhere and say like, oh yeah, I have you know a couple hundred thousand dollars saves in there right uh and now i'm just gonna buy a house and it's gonna be a next you know boom next day you have a house there's a lot of steps that you have to take uh obviously i'm talking about the average joe if you're wealthy or whatever then you know that's a different story but if you're just an, an average joe that has a <laughs> a, a regular job if, if, if you're your average joe uh or your average Jose, okay. it, it's also a different story too. Because if you're first generation here, you, you literally have no nothing of that generational generational. Right. Yeah, you, you're really starting, you know, from, from, from scratch. Or yeah. So yeah, it, it really takes you know intentionality. That's right. that's a word. You have to plan for it. You have to want it because it's it's going to take you know a couple of years probably or a year or two years. Who knows? But it's going to take some time. Uh, hopefully it takes whoever whoever is listening to <laughs> takes you the least amount of time uh but probably if it takes you less than a year or two years you're probably busting your ass no he's selling it. coke he or she is and selling coke because <laughs> but they're busting their ass busting selling their coke. Ass. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it is what it is right whatever, <laughs> it you, is what it is. whatever you need to to uh, make your dreams come true but that was my experience you know it, it was a experience of saving a lot of money uh how, how about you so so how was your experience was it was it similar or were some things different as far as your path to like home ownership uh, not as i definitely was not a saver by any means when i was in college i wasn't even thinking about buying a house it it was always a goal of mine somehow in my mind i i always wanted to buy a house and it was in the horizon and, and i always picture myself like yeah i'm one day i'm gonna own a house like right. if you if you ask me back in college but you know do you plan on buying a house where do you see yourself in 10 15 years or whatever do you see yourself owning a house i'd, I'd say yeah and you know that was always you know a part of it uh however i was definitely not taking any freaking steps <laughs> besides i guess the actual step of yeah. going to college so that i could get a job that would allow me to buy a house but besides that i was definitely not saving any money towards that specific towards goal. That goal yeah yeah exactly so it definitely my journey to buy a house or uh, home buying or whatever didn't start back in college and it, it didn't even start right after i 
you know, graduated and had you know, my first job and all that stuff. So wait, when you say, uh, was it in your mind when you said when you graduated was, what, did you mean like at the point that you got your bachelor's or, or, or by the time you got your master's, did that idea already come into mind? Of what? Owning a, a house. Oh, not even. So, so, okay. So here, it was always a goal and it was always in my mind and it, it was always like, yeah, I'll own a house, but eventually I'll own right. a house, but, but eventually I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Um, so I was, it was, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like I knew I was going to get to it, but I was like, it's not the moment right now. Right. I'll, once the moment is ready, then I'll start saving money then and I'll, and I'll do it. You know, when the time comes, I'll do it. So, you know, I started working a couple of years, I uh, got married and, and, you know, that process, you know, three or four years after I graduated from college. And then even then, uh, when we, uh, when, after I got married, we rented an apartment, uh, we started living there and then that's probably a year into it, mm. uh, is when, uh, we we started getting intentional about, okay, let's, let's plan to, to buy a house and okay. You know, have conversations. Let's see how we can do it. I had no clue like how to go about it. So there was a lot of, you know, YouTubing for sure. A lot of Googling to even, you know, to the point of literally Googling how to buy a house, <laughs> just, you yeah. know, very basic. I had no idea what the heck, PMI was well, that's because anything. that's because they don't teach you that in, in high school as yeah, well, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I had no idea of any any terms. I had no clue what an appraisal was. Yeah, right. Uh, or the steps. you know, not not that it's a hard concept, but where you know I had no experience whatsoever in real estate or anything. But the specific steps: PMI, appraisal, uh, your home inspection. Uh, you name it, plumbing inspection, whatever. Uh, I had no idea. So I, through the, well, prior to even going into the specifics of that, you know, one of the first steps was, well, you got to save money. You need right. money, you need cash and like actual cash to, to be able to do this. So the conversations with my wife were, okay, we need to first um, get, get in line and start, we we knew that the 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 first step was saving money, and it was like, okay. How can we actually? Was save she money? on the same page? Um, uh, after not not initially, not not necessarily because, not in the sense that she wouldn't want to own a house, right? But first, it was just that I guess overwhelming feeling of like, okay, we we really need to uh cut a lot of our lifestyle in a way or what was she cut off card would you think because um my, my wife I, I guess my, my experience my wife like i said she, she's a good saver she actually saved more money before me right like but um was it maybe the were her expectations of of the timeline of things a little bit different from what you saw at some point like for example like you're saying you know yeah you, you know you wanted a house at some point but for you, maybe that some point was like, you know, two years, let's say from mm -hmm. the day that you guys married, got married and to her was maybe like four years. So maybe the, was there anything like surprise or was she pretty much like, 
Okay, yeah, I guess that's that's something that we. Can oh, okay. Uh, no, yeah, it was more yeah. more like that. I don't yeah. I don't think she really had any specific expectations in the sense she, of she's oh, like I got, I I married this guy. He wants me to live in rice and beans. Like. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it, it wasn't immediately, and and obviously, it's not like we were. You know, I don't. Our income doesn't allow for anything lavish or anything. Yeah, so throw, it's throw not, some meat in those rice and beans every now and then. Like, yeah, it's not like we were clubbing every day or n nothing of that sort. Uh, but it was definitely way more than what we do now. And gotcha. you know, eating out maybe or going out, uh, not again, not to clubbing, but maybe on a Friday, Saturday, and maybe a Sunday. For like a couple, you know, of drinks here, meeting up with some friends here right. without socializing, really, I guess. Yeah, just a, a lot more uh, of that. So when we started looking, okay, we want to buy a house, we need to save some more money. Those were kind of like the first things um, that we started looking at. And maybe, okay, maybe we need to cut back on this. Uh, just, you know, the basic basics uh, of starting a budget. Mm -hmm. Because even that, we were operating not on a hard budget or a planned budget it was more going like playing it by ear basically oh. with that we had an idea when we would we were like oh we we're spending too much here we're spending too much there but we didn't have like hard numbers so you didn't use any or, of those apps that you know yeah we, we still okay. do, yeah we still don't use okay. those apps I, i didn't do those apps either but but we we know Now we know uh, exactly, you know, now we have an actual budget. I see. Yeah, because for me, I, I will say that I did use a uh, spreadsheet. That I I guess it's the engineering me. I love using spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. So I get, I got to the, the, I got so fancy as to forecasting, like, by when would we reach our goals? And that's how right. I keep yeah. myself in track. Like, I, I would have, like, milestones uh, and say, like, I need to get to this much, this date. And, and the spreadsheet that I had basically would tell us if I fell back or if Carrie, my wife, fell back on, on her savings goal. Okay. Which, like I said, she's the good saver. So the one who would usually fall back is <laughs> it's me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, I think those little tools, uh, for me, is like I also didn't want to stress. I was already stressing out about not spending money. I didn't want to add an la extra layer of, of stress into my life about you know, where is all my money truly going? Like I had, yeah. a, like you're saying, a good sense of where it's going. And usually the times that I would, I would fall back on my goals, I would know, you know, kind of where it went. Yeah. You know, but, but that's, that's neat though. because I, I think that's the first step actually to home ownership, right? Like the dual income and definitely having your partner help you achieve those goals. Yeah. It's, it's what really gets you there. Because I, I don't know how I would have been able to afford the house if, If, if my wife would have been like, well, you know, I'd really want to, you know, I don't know if I'm in line with this. I don't, I don't see we should buy a house. There's no way. Like we had to be in the same page about that. because it's a big, yeah, for it, sure. it's probably the biggest, if not the biggest, the, the biggest purchases that you're going to make in your lifetime. Yeah. On again, going back to the average Joe or average, average Jose, <laughs> uh, home buying is the biggest purchase you're going to do period that, you know, that's a fact. I thought it was your mattress too, because well, oh yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. On that. <laughs> Have you bought a mattress yet? Yeah. Well, no. Well, actually, <laughs> we bought a we bought a mattress 
probably like three years ago. Oh, right. Because they'll have the same from, one. From the apartment, right? Yeah, they yeah. Moved, yeah. So, yeah. So I know. So I've heard those yeah. those guys last forever, or they should yeah. with, the, with the, you know, how much they cost. The, um, at, for the audience, once again, uh, we weren't joking as far as Jonathan being a, a recent homeowner. He He's really fresh still out there. Um, we weren't kidding it was yesterday it was yesterday no um but yeah he, he's a recent homeowner so he's still you know working um a lot of things in the house but so we already uh, talked about how we got to you know the, the saving path right to to ownership for you was a couple of years you really you realized a little bit later in in your life right like uh about saving and achieving those goals but you did it right and and did you do uh you didn't of course i'm assuming just because of timeline wise it wasn't the 20 percent, right you were right you were probably in that five or ten percent mark yeah exactly so with, with a pmi so um and and that's not bad too because i remember we talked about this before right because people go like well at least in the market that we we are in right now there's always a doubt doubt of well when is it a good time to buy and so far, at least in this region, prices for homes have not really come down. If something they have always been trending up, the only time that they really came down, it was in 2008, like during the, the recession and, uh -huh. and all that, that period. Right. But um, so for people in our situations, there's never really, you know, where it's always it has always been a seller's market. There's not really a good point of where to get in. So at some points you have to do, I, I think if... This is a life advice, not so much a financial advice, but uh, you need to learn how to do some sort of numbers and see if it benefits you, right? Because a, a, a simple theory is um, when you're getting a, a you know, $500,000 house, a $400,000 house, a $700,000 house, but if you do your research and look at how much equity you're going to be making in that house in the next one to two years is it worth to pay that pmi to to jump into yeah. the market and 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 in, in, in a some lot of situations cases it, it, it works yeah in, in in some situations it may be worth it um but once again the the reason why it's not financial advice is because we don't know your your specific situation and we're also not certified to, to give you financial advice but the formulas and the math are not too complicated for anybody to really figure out right like it's something yeah. it's easy math yeah at the end of the day the easiest way to look at this is and it's it's gonna sound kind of dumb but w the best time to buy it is whenever you're ready whenever whenever you, you feel ready yeah. you feel ready you feel like you have enough in your savings and of course uh you shouldn't also you know, be left without any, any cushion or anything, you know, without your, an emergency fund, uh, per se, you know, that's right. always, uh, you know, a, a good choice, but basically whenever you feel like you have enough money, if just run the numbers and then that's it though, uh, don't stress too much or be like checking, Oh, how's the market doing? Oh, you know, like right. anything of that watching thousands of youtube videos that tell you oh the market is gonna crash so, so, oh is this so, is this a good year to buy a house or are, not are you all of that stuff are you telling these people not to follow what you did yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah. When, whenever you're ready just just jump go in. at it uh, yeah. i mean really crunch the numbers and go at it and 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 the u.s provided that you're in a in a stable market which a lot of cities are well 
depending unless you're in you know a very particular area but most of the time you know real estate rarely goes down in value so no matter when you go in you may go in at a time when uh, home prices are high but they're only going to get higher so right <laughs> and, and and this is my thinking this is what i think and you know we, we, you, you're gonna hear on this podcast me saying the same thing maybe a lot but i think at the end of the day if you think about history we have the thoughts that we have had in history are basically fought fights to to a piece of land you know, it's always try somebody trying to own land. Like that idea of owning land and owning something, it's it's all something that we have had in our heads for for many many years, right? Whereas before we used to do it through wars, right? And and maybe not. There there's some intricacies there, but uh, owning land or a home is still in a way the probably one uh, one the, the the I think still big part of the American dream, and two is is probably one of the things that once you purchase is going to be yours right and it's 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 the population just is, you know everybody knows the population just keeps growing at a steady rate so land is just going to be become more scarce right and unless elon musk you know ends up getting us to mars or whatever uh it we're gonna run out of land at some point and and you know it's 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 you know owning a piece of land and eventually long term right if you think of just generic long term it's probably one of the, be the better things that you could do if you can um, not saying that there's houses that get overvalued and end up costing less down the line, but you know that's why you need to do a little bit of the math, right? But, but like you're saying, generally speaking, um, things go up. Um, you know, there's so much more I think that we can talk about when it comes to home ownership, especially you know you know what you need to do at the house and 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 all the experiences. Like I, I'm more than willing all to talk about cost. yeah all the maintenance. But I think uh, we should definitely talk about that in another episode because, and and you know, people in the comments, we're actually pushing this podcast through um, iPod. You know, I think it's like the the it's gonna be the what's it called the Google Podcast. I think it is, and I think it's gonna be Spotify. And we're also or pushing Anchor. The, Anchor is gonna yeah. basically help us um, put this in, into a lot of platforms, right? And we're also having our YouTube channel. But definitely let us know in the comments. I mean. We said it on the, on the on the previous episodes where I think we're pretty open as far as, you know, what we did to get there. And, you know, we can definitely, you know, give you some tips and ideas that we went through and, and things that we we did that worked out for us. And hopefully those can help you. But definitely let us know in the comments um, if you have any questions for Jonathan, if, if you know, if you're in, in in a similar situation as Jonathan, maybe he can speak to that and. You know, if, if you're early in college and, you know, and, and you want to get a head start, you know, I can definitely speak to that. You and, want uh, tips on how to be frugal? Yeah. <laughs> also hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not an easy path. Um, I wish George was here because he's also, he actually hasn't, he's not a homeowner, but he can also speak to the fact of, of you know, the, you know, of, of his side of the things of, you know, he's saving money and, and and, and you know, and going to Padres game, and going to Padres game <laughs> without inviting us, but but you know, it is what it is, and you know, I think we're gonna call it call it a, a wrap, and yeah, see you guys next time. See you guys later. Mm -hmm.